Hey everyone, we are live. You're watching ID Sports. Big U.S. Men's National Team games all week. So we're going to hit you with some Major League Soccer storylines. No games to pick for this weekend. I think only a slate of four. But we are then going to go on and preview the U.S. Men's National Team and everything they are up to this weekend. Thank you for watching right here at ID Sports. We are back. It's a great day to be a U.S. Men's National Team fan. We've already beaten Mexico a couple times this week. This one might be a little different. But first, Alex, we got to recap some Major League Soccer. We had a great weekend of games on Saturday, and then Sunday was all terrible games. So we got to run over some of those and see what happened this weekend. Well, speak for yourself. Uh, We want to talk about uh, uh, to our betters out there. Uh, What kind of week did you have last week, Bob? Uh, less than spectacular. I'm still oh. up on the week. Oh. I did win my big Philly union bet against NYC. Yeah, I, I, I watched talk that, about game. that game in yes. a little bit. Yes. That was uh, very interesting mm-hmm. what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my MLS fantasy team, which I care absolutely nothing mm. about because I play MLS fantasy for about two weeks during the season. They're doing great. And you know why it is Alex? Yeah, Brandon Vasquez is your starting forward. Brandon Vasquez is my starting <laughs> attacker. Um, guy scored two braces in a row now since he beat Miami 3-1. That was an easy pick. Uh, Cincinnati looks a lot better this year. Miami definitely looks like they're going to be one of those wooden spoon contenders. This game did have Matarita with two assists. Um, another game, interestingly enough, with Cincinnati having Brenner as a sub they're they're starting Brennan Vasquez but they're whatever 15 million dollar man is on the bench coming in um, sometime in the second half only Miami goal in this one was an Iguain penalty kick Alex what did you see as Cincinnati beat Miami because well, you, you uh, were all I, over this yeah I picked those one of the games I went three and one last week uh 12 and four in the year if anyone's paying attention out there uh money line I'm on fire three and one four straight weeks anyway Talking about Brandon Vasquez in Cincinnati, this is one of the games I took to me. Inter-Miami is one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in MLS right now. They are a disaster. The back line is bad. Uh, Higuain is just, he does not want to be there. Uh, Gary Neville looks like he's going to pull his hair as it. David Beckham, I know this year you, you, got st- you, you, you messed up with the rules, and now you're paying the price. You can't release really sign money, and this is what you got. You continue playing. You know, Breck Shea plays in the back. I don't know. Uh, we talked about that last week. I don't they he need was defenders. red card off. I think he missed this week with the yeah. Uh, they, they, they need they need defenders. They need, around. they need defenders. They need midfielders. They need goal scorers. When you hear something like that, that is a problem. Uh, I'm. I, I don't think they're playing. For the record, this week that's all the players. That's all yes. the players on the field. Going forward, I know there's not a lot of MLS games. My recommendation to all our betters out there: whoever into Miami is playing until further notice, you take the other team. They have to show you something to for them. They have to show me something to, to take this recommendation away. I had that Cincinnati beginner. I pulled that off. The no one Cincinnati is much better than I thought. They will not be the wood spoon. But right now, Inter Miami is such a dumpster fire. I know in the international break they're going to try to practice whatever. Going forward, Miami's terrible. Go against them until further notice. Trust me on this one. Mark saying, "Glad I'm not a fan of Italy." Yeah, that that's me. Um, 
They yeah, deserve that, it. They deserve yeah, it. Well, yeah. Get, we're going to talk get. about World Cup real quick. What are the all-time greatest upsets? Uh, Northern Macedonia going to Italy and getting a 1-0 result. A goal in the 93rd minute. Italy's out for the second straight World Cup. So all the U.S., all these uh, pundits out there complaining about U.S. men's national team didn't make the World Cup last time. Look at a team like Italy with such a rich soccer tradition. The defending European champions are not going. Quaffa World Cup is not easy, especially on this 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 part of the continent. Absolutely, especially after a crazy year. A lot of leagues were postponed yeah. or shortened yeah, and COVID last season. And, it's, and it's, now it's crazy, you go yeah. from playing a shortened season to playing the longest season of your career with uh, World Cup breaks and all that stuff. Definitely not easy. Uh, I hate to see my Italian team out of it. But after tonight, we'll be able to talk about the U.S. men's national team playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't so know how we got we got we, uh, we we got a tangent off the Inter Miami Cincinnati game. Yeah, we did man, these comments. I cannot I cannot comment. Hey, listen, hey, tonight, hey, listen, you throw the comments. We'll we'll answer the questions absolutely. So let's get <laughs> back to it. we got a little off track here. Let's talk about the game you just mentioned briefly before the minutes. Uh, the Philadelphia Union NYCFC. I was on that game. I watched the game. Yeah, so tell us a little more sure. about that. So Philadelphia Union one two zero. This is a game I had uh, the whole way through. NYCFC's played a lot of midweek games and these home field advantages aren't all that they seem. Um, both Philly goals were scored in the first 33 minutes, which means they just they came out firing. They had fresh legs. They knew what they had to do. And when you play NYCFC, you got to go out early in the game and punch them in the mouth because what happens next is exactly what happened in this game. NYCFC, 73.2% possession. I haven't seen numbers like that since, like, you know, Real Madrid in, like, their mid 2010s like beating up on you know like Sevilla or like one of those guys like that that you just don't see in Major League Soccer um Philadelphia also with a lowest completion percentage on passes I've ever seen 51.6 percent of their passes were completed that's like half that's something you see in you know a uh 10 year old soccer game just abysmal NYCFC dominated this game Philly had no reason to even show up but they got two points and and I won my first sports pick of the week yeah NYCFC had chances just couldn't put it away uh give credit to Philly Union going into that band box uh getting result which isn't easy in MLS uh good job at Philadelphia Union again NYCFC had a lot of possession a lot of going up and down the field but once they got to the final final third Philadelphia they kept their shape uh, the defense, they were solid. You know, when you got one of the better goalkeepers in the league and Andre Blake back there, uh, a lot of confidence. And, you know, this is a classic smash and grab. Uh, you know, getting 30-something percent possession and winning two zip is up on the road. Great job at Philadelphia Union. Again, I'm not worried about NYCFC. To me right now, they're still focusing on Champions League. They're in the Final Four in the semifinals for the Champions League. They've traveled from Costa Rica to Mexico to Los Angeles to uh, where have they been? Vancouver. I don't even know where they've been, dude. Hartford. I mean – Crazy. New York now coming home. There's got to be a lot of tired legs in NYCFC. Not surprised with the result here, uh, losing to Philadelphia. Uh, again, I'm not really worried about NYCFC right now. Uh, their priority is Champions League. Once the Champions League is over after this international break, uh, we'll re- you know see what, see where the position in the standings. I know they're toward the bottom towards the east right now, but I really wouldn't be worried about NYCFC right now. And for Philadelphia, great job of them getting this uh, two-zip result. Yeah, for sure. uh, you know, it's a statement game. Last year, remember what happened uh, in the playoffs? COVID, they all had to play. Practically, their their uh, other 23 team had to show up, the USL team. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this is revenge for him. Good job for Philadelphia going to a tough place and getting result against the defending champions. Well played. Absolutely. In the end, possession doesn't matter. It's how many goals you put in the back of the net, and 
Philadelphia Union walked away with a win. Let's move on to talk about some boring Sunday games. Every game up until the late night game was a 1-1 tie. Were any of those games memorable to you? No, not really. Uh, yeah, you, you nailed it right on the head. The, 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 if we want to talk about the Sunday night LAFC-Vancouver game, we could get into that. I watched some of that game. Absolutely. That is exactly where we're going next. LAFC wins 3-1 to one on a Hollingshead brace. Uh, Carlos Vela with the third goal and an assist. LAFC 61.4% possession, 18 shots. Half of those shots were on target. Um, absolutely dominance there. And Vancouver just seems like they're falling apart. Yeah, this is one of the games I had in, in uh, picking this. There was a high odds, and it was minus 270, 280, something like that. But still, I didn't think LAFC was going to lose this game. As long as Carlos Vela is healthy, he's playing, uh, they're going to be fine. Again, Vancouver, uh, the, the guy Brian White's not there, so I don't know who's scoring. Cavalini's not getting the job done. Uh, Ryan Gall, I don't know what's happening. Doesn't seem to be the same right now. I know some teams get off to a slow start. Who knows? But th this is a game LAFC. I, I really like what they've done this year with Chirundolo. They they revamped the team. They got a lot of new pieces coming in, but they're still main core. As long as Vela is on the field, Brian Rodriguez on the other side, the midfield that they have now with uh, uh, Acosta. I mean, they're 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 listen. LAFC is a very good team. Uh, Vancouver, to me, needs some goal scoring. Cavalina has not done up front. Brian White's not there. I don't know what's going on until they get some consistent goal scoring. I'm going to start looking against Vancouver until they start showing me something. And LFC is a team to start looking out for. I think they're back to where they were a couple years ago. And this game, listen, real quick, Ryan Holling said, he's one of the better uh, United States defenders that's never been yeah. on the U.S. national team. This guy's been an MLS, a rocket MLS. He's a, he's a hell of a player and goes underrated. No one really talks about him. That was a good pickup by them. I think they got him from Dallas. Ryan Hollis had a great job by him, too. I absolutely love that pickup. Um, to go a little further into what we were saying before, LAFC, nine goals on the season. Vancouver, two goals on the season. They yeah, are uh, um, tied with Inter-Miami at the bottom, bottom of the uh, scoring table there. So, very interesting. Yeah, um, had not necessarily someone I consider much of a, you know, defender. Defender very much like he plays like kind of a winger. I just not sure. Um, he's been a league a long he time. It's in. He's been a, he's been a league a long time. He, he's a defender, and let me tell you, son, he's one of the MLS has always been one of the the, the on the top half easily of better defenders. Oh, he's yeah. gone under the radar for a long time, and this game he really stepped out with two big goals and a bit you know in, in getting two Great goals for passer. He's been getting better at passing throughout his career. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's something we're just going to have to look for. Never scored more than six goals in a season. I think that was in uh, 2019 with Dallas. Uh, his first season at Major League Soccer was 2014. So he has a nice little uh, eight-season career that he's put together there, and he's, he's still got something left in the tank for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, uh, LA, LAFC right now, I would definitely start looking at them to start making a run in the West Coast. I really like the roster. Help has got to be a key. Carlos Vela is the key. I don't know whether they're going to resign or not. I hope they do. Uh, if he's healthy and Brian Rodriguez, I know he doesn't put up the numbers. He still looks dangerous on the on the wing. LAFC is going to be right there. Now, let's look at some of the bottom half teams, and I want to talk specifically about Sporting Kansas City. They lost 3-1 to one to the Chicago Fire, and they had to do it without basically any goal score. No Shallowy, no Johnny Russell. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. Gotti Kinda is still out. He had a surgery this offseason. This, they just have no offense. Scored three goals so far um, this season. That is not enough. That's not what we expected. And they got blown out 3-1 to one by the Chicago Fire. Shabilko with his brace opening up his scoring account 
with his new team. And you had uh, Shardan Shakiri with a penalty kick goal and two assists, had a nice day on his own. That's got to be what you like from Chicago Fire. You bring in a proven striker from a quality playoff team, and you bring in, you know, your star DP from overseas, both contributing in a win against someone who's considered one of the better teams in Major League Soccer. Not only that, but Chicago Fire, I think they let only two goals go in their four games this season. They had two clean sheets to start the year and then gave up a goal last week, a goal this week. So two teams that I, I had kind of flipped in the standings face off here, and it, it, leaded to, it led to a very interesting match. And we've talked about this sport of Kansas City, the lack of goal scoring up front, the lack of center forward. Once Polito went down, they're not getting a replacement, and it's still not getting a replacement. It's costing them, and they're losing points, and they're losing places in the standings. And the longer this goes on, when a quality Jossie center Zardes. forward. <coughs> Jossie Zardes. Uh, Kamar on DC United is available, by my understanding, also. I mean, there's guys out there you can have. I mean, you know, you don't have to go outside the league. Uh, again, you know, sporting Kansas City uh, – if you're not going to play Johnny Russell, you're not going to have Daniel Shalloway, and you don't want to have a center forward, what do you have up front? I mean, that's that's a problem there. And let's give some credit to Chicago Fire. A lot of people do not expect them to get the start that they really have. The goalie's one of the you – know, we talked about him already, I don't know how many times a week. Top prospects not not only in the country and in the world right now. He, he won't be in MLS that much longer. He'll be gone to the, the, uh, a big team in Europe any day now. They're, they're, they're not giving up goals. And when you bring in Shabilka, which I talked about last week, remember, we were, we were talking, oh, he didn't get a couple, he didn't get goals. As a, this guy's, a, he's not an early season starter. As the season goes on, Shabilka gets stronger. Getting two goals in his game, a big spot for him, a big power center forward is exactly what Chicago needs. Shakira could just hang out on the side and get two assists, not bad. What's not to like about the Chicago Fire? They're, they're getting goals from their, from their DP spot up front. And, you know, they're not giving up any goals, only giving up – I think they're also giving up the least amount of shots in MLS, which is also a great stat. You're not giving up yeah. shots, not giving up goals, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, that just shows to me that it's not a fluke. It's not like they had a bunch of great goalie performances in a row. Great so job. Ed, Ezra Hedrick said, let's talk about him as the head coach quietly. No one's talked about him. He's walked into a tough spot. Chicago has yeah. not been good the last few years. And they're off to a really, really good start. They're playing solid defense. And listen, Shakiri uh, puts people in the stands. He can make so – he could put the ball in the back of the net with Shabilka, the power forward we just talked about there. What's a lot to like about Chicago? I expect a, bigger, a lot better things this year in Chicago than we were in the last, last few. That's a for sure. mixed bag coming up for Chicago. next uh, This weekend, they are actually playing one of the few teams. I think there's three or four games going on playing mm-hmm. FC Dallas. But then they go to Orlando. They're home against LA Galaxy to Minnesota, and then I think they play Red Bull two out of their four games after that. So they do have a very interesting stretch. We're going to see what this team has, and it's going to be uh, something I absolutely love to watch. Alex, next segment, let's go pump the brakes. Not so fast. It's time to pump the brakes. I had to use that drop because it, this is just a weird story. Um, Dak McCarty got a red card this weekend. Kicking an opponent. It was put, uh, uh, the, the fan coverage, if you saw it on Twitter, it's, I don't know what he's complaining about. I know he lost his cool. and there was a, I think he got elbowed earlier. Well, let, let's guy. talk about the play first. Yeah. He got elbowed yeah. earlier and he lost his cool. Um, 
The team has been in a terrible stretch. Nashville's one of those teams. Uh, they're down there with three goals, too. So that, that's really weird. The four low-scoring teams are Vancouver, Miami, Sporting KC, and Nashville. I think Seattle's down there with only three goals, too. But uh, um, obvious frustration spilling out on the pitch. Turns around, kicks his opponent while he said he didn't think they were out of bounds. But he had a very sincere apology, had maybe a a two-minute video, him talking about it. You know, I set a bad example. A very sincere apology, and uh, we thought the story was going to end there, right? (coughs) Yes. Did you see what his wife posted on Twitter? Tell the audience what his wife posted on Twitter. So the next day, his wife, like, puts a picture of, uh, you know, like shares the video that her husband posted of his apology. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's part, I'm partially to blame or like something like that. I don't, I want to paraphrase. I don't want to use the exact tweet. And then says that there was, someone's been like stalking their house. And oh they yeah. Had, like, they had a burglar doorbell like footage. Yeah. And they showed the footage in the tweet yeah. of someone like outside their house, looking in their windows or something well, really weird. On. And, uh, you know, not that, uh, I, yeah, I you know. know blame I know. the wife for explaining what was going on, and maybe you can see why. Course, you can see why players... Dax is other Dax is under a lot of pressure. You can see why. Yes, of course. However, however, was that weird? It was, was very weird, weird to you. However, that on the sideline, the way he back kicked that guy, you could have kicked him in the face. That was just come on, man. That that was poor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Susp- I don't know. I don't know what it's, if his suspension comes out, but that was. I know he apologized, but that was that was poor. I mean, you're a professional league. I don't know how many years. You can't be doing that. No matter how much we love the guy, he's a fan favorite, great player. He's played around the league. Captain of Nashville right now? Uh, what, Is it him or Walker? I don't know. Uh, it's probably Walker, but still, uh, it's, it's you're a veteran in the league. You can't be doing that. I know you lost your cool when you had outstanding circumstances. Yes, sometimes you don't want to bring your family problems to your job, and it happens to all of us. You're still your profession being in this league how many years? You can't be you can't be doing that. And I'm expecting a multi game suspension. I mean that was, that was piss poor, I'm telling you. And I, I, Bob, I remember we talked about that was, two that, games. That, that was what, Rail Salt Lake? Right? That yeah. was Rail Salt Lake. Yeah. What did I tell you about going against Rail Salt Lake? Another team we gotta start paying attention to. We don't <laughs> talk about when they're at home and they have no DPs. Think about it. no DPs, no owner, no new coach. The coach all disaster last year. Look what they're doing right now. Uh, it's, it's, so all like, it's all Bobby Wood. It's all Bobby Wood scoring in the Pablo, first five Pablo, minutes of the game pa- last week. It's Pablo Bastroni doing a hell of a job coaching over there. Hell of a job doing over there. And that's why they are what they are. They got three wins around the season and nobody predicted that to be in the year. Great job, Real Salt Lake. And one of the reasons Dax probably lost his cool was going into the season of, oh, this is this is a game on the, on the we're going to win. No, not so fast, my friend. Imagine Pablo Mastroni with like the Inter-Miami checkbook. Well, you know, again, or listen, my understanding, Real Salt Lake is going to sign some players. The owner has said he's going to bring some guys in. So things are only looking up a Real Salt Lake right now. Absolutely. Let's now move on and talk about some players who had a good week. This is our high-performance player. Your I-80 Sports High-Performance Players of the Week. FC Dallas this weekend beat Portland Timbers 4-1. to Jesus Ferreira had a hat trick in 10 minutes, scored on the 26th and the 36th minute. That was his first and last goal of the game. Dallas had 14 shots, eight of which were on target. Ferreira was responsible for five of those shots, four of those landing on target. Just 
hot as fire Jesus Ferreira. Love to see it. And we might get to see a little Jesus Flair, uh, Ferreira tonight against Mexico. Uh, we're going to probably see him in the three games since he's on the roster. Great job of him. Again, uh, if you haven't seen this guy, Alan Velasco, the, the new DP signing for for Dallas, the, the diminutive Argentine. Man, this kid is just – he's dynamite. I mean, the, 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 you got to watch this guy. He's fantastic. And Jesus Ferreira, I mean, getting three goals, it's like a goal score. Sometimes with one goes in, two, three go right after, and he was on fire in the first half. If Ferreira can play like this, he's going to get minutes on the U.S. Nash team, a consistent goal score front. He was excellent in this game. I was surprised Portland really got got smacked around this game 4-1. Again, Dallas usually at home is kind of tough. If you're betting-wise, you always you want to look at Dallas when they're home, no matter who they play with the young guys. Again, we talked about it again. Paxton Pomko looking solid. He's looking better and better, almost better than he was before he was hurt. And it's a good job of them. If they get Ferrer now they got Velasco, who who's explosive on the outside, Dallas is going to be better than they were last year. And I like what's going on there right now. I do, too. Um uh- Dallas has just been a factory, and and they're one of those teams now that they're kind of turning a little bit away from just having all their youth because they're selling them every single year. I know I made a joke about it last year. We always think about FC Dallas youth, but there was a a two-month stretch last year where they had the oldest squad in the league just because everyone was gone, and we're going to talk about some of those FC Dallas players in just a minute when we head to the U.S. Men's National Team section of this broadcast. Alex, are you ready to take it there with me? Yeah, arguably it's the biggest week in what, eight years for the U.S. national team. No pressure. I think Sir no. Alex Ferguson called it squeaky bum, squeaky bum time. Is that what he called it? Listen, listen Greg Berhalter, <laughs> if he doesn't get his, if he doesn't get, if he loses all three games, he'll be fired by the next week. That's simple. It's that simple. It's that There's simple. no chance of that happening. We're not losing three games. Now. I'm just saying, it's that simple. What do you want to do? Talk about this roster first. Uh, you know, we can mention the roster. Uh, Ethan Horvath is probably going to get the start tonight uh, with you know Matt Turner being uh, injured, Zach Zach Steffen with the back problems. Sean Johnson is the veteran will be the backup, I assume. Uh, I, Ethan Horvath is playing really well in the championship for Nottingham Forest, uh, making really highlight, really saves. So he's done it before us with, the, I think, the Gold Cup. Uh, Berhalter is familiar with him. I'm totally – when it comes to the United States national team, whoever's in goal, I'm really never really worried. I mean, all the I, years we I, have the goalkeeper – Goalkeepers never be really be super. Issue. May not yeah, be a super I mean, strength of the team, but it's it's not going to be a weakness at all. Um, any of those guys, they're they're playing overseas. I would actually prefer Ethan Horvath anyway, even at full health, because he's playing he's, he's, he's every added, week. And he's, that's what he, I need from a goaltender. And he's not only playing; is he's thriving. He's doing really, really well. He had like three shutouts in four games. Put him in there. I got nothing to worry about. Ethan Horvath's probably going to be the starter tonight. And I guess will, depending on the result and Burhalter, how that's how the uh, the lineup, because the, the lineup you see tonight is not going to be the same lineup we can see on Panama over the weekend. And it's not going to be the same lineup we can see in Costa Rica, depending on if we need the game or not next on um, Tuesday, whatever it is, Wednesday, whatever it is. So tonight is, you know, there was rumors that Berhalter was going to bring a B team. He mentioned on ESPN, rest everybody, play the bad guys, and really concentrate on the Panama game. Because the Panama game, you really need the three points. That's the game. Yeah. You, you, if you don't get three points in a game, you're going to have problems. There was talks about that because it's very, you see the Champions League, uh, NYCFC goes to Mexico and then they try to come home and look what happens. Uh, you see it tons of times. It's difficult in a four day stretch. You yeah, go down to a different country and you come back. It's very difficult. So the United States have a substitution. And you know, before we even get into this roster, the United States has a lot of injuries that are not here. These guys are not here from Western McKinney, Brendan Aronson, Serginio Dest. These are three starters. They're not here. So uh, depth is going to be – one thing we know about the U.S. national team uh, the last couple of years, we're a very deep squad, young, but they're deep. 
next youngsters are going to have to step up, and I think we're going to talk about it next segment. Absolutely. And when you, when you talk about that, the reason, I guess, for starting a B-squad tonight against Mexico would be um, punting the game. Hey, we can't win. Let's move on to something else. Worry about the next two well, games. Well, it's a fatigue issue. I'm the travel. not it, like, if in we didn't play that in, camp. It, now, listen, we didn't play in four days from now. Berhalter doesn't, that's not even an option. Since the game is in three days, and that game is so important. The Panama game is more important than the Mexico game for everyone out there. Because it's head-to-head. It's way more. We have to knock out Panama. So you can see why Berhalter is doing this. But at the same time, we got a bunch of young guys. We beat Mexico three times last year. They're confident and cocky, which nothing wrong with that. Christian Pulis is just playing really well. So I think we're going to go for it tonight. And let's see what happens. I, I think I think they're going to go for it too. And 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 when I look at this team, I'm not sure there's a big gap between the A squad and the B squad outside of a couple guys. I mean, outside of Tyler Adams, who McKin- for McKin- me is just McKinney. completely McKinney, irre- irreplaceable. Kenny's a big loss. I, to me, Dest is also a pretty big loss to me. Uh, I, I so like to have the both defenders. Of guys you have Reggie Cannon awaiting yeah. a COVID test. I don't have word yeah. on that. We'll find out very yeah, soon. I, Serginio Dest, he is out. But the players who yes. are available, you have Aaron Long from the New York Red Bulls, who has been playing well. Eric Palmer Brown, uh, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, James Sands, DeAndre Edlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Um, center backs, I would assume Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson. Robinson. Is that our two best? Yeah, it's probably going to be. I'm going to go Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson and Anthony Robinson on one side. And on the right side, if it's Reggie Cannon is good, he's going to go. And if Reggie Cannon is not good to go, it's probably going to be DeAndre Yedlin. I hate to say it. <laughs> But that's that's what other right back you see so here from the prolific uh, team Inter Miami this season. And he's been the best play. He's been the best defender in Inter Miami. That's that's you know that's that's a shame. Oh, but yeah, it's good so to have to be again again now into the next game. If Cannon is out and Dest, I think a replacement. I think he brought in Sands as a replacement. He could bring in another replacement for the next game. So this the defender's not set. But I think that's how he's going to go right now. Uh, if Cannon tests is po- tested negative, probably be Reggie Cannon. So I'm going to go Cannon, Robinson, Robinson, Zimmerman. That's probably going to be the lineup. Three out of four are probably going to be right on this. One question I mark is going to be Cannon. So However, the, the I would back. love to see James Sands get a chance here. Um, he's been playing very, very good soccer. So we'll see what he brings to the table. But it's going to be interesting to see what uh, squads we bring out. I guess defenders don't quite need the same kind of rest as you know you might give your your wingers and your attackers here. Oh, they're going to need the rest. Field. They're going to need rest pointing that smog and high altitude in Mexico City. Let me tell you something. They're going to be a lot of huffing and puffing, a lot of hands on hips in this game. I'll tell you that right now. Midfielders, you got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gianluca Busio, uh, Luca De La Torre, Yunez Musa, and Christian Roldan. There are at least two players there that I don't consider midfielders, but, I mean, you know Tyler Adams is, you know, you, he's your number six. He's your number six, and your, your number eight is kind of unavailable at the time. That would be Weston McKinney. So I expect maybe Kellen Acosta is going to slot in there to the uh, despise of all there's a, there's another, U.S. Yeah, national there's team another, members. There's another way you can look at this. Gio Reyna could go into midfield. We, we didn't talk about the forwards. Uh, yeah, it's midfield. Yeah, he would be the clear, for, like, the, the number 10. But the way he's looking at it, if I'm Burhalter on here, if I'm going to play for the tire play defensive, I'm going to probably put Acosta and Adams together. Usually you don't put the bowler together. They do similar things. Yeah. I'm going to put the veteran leadership of Kellen Acosta for all the U.S. national team MLS haters out there. I'm sorry, but this is it has to do it tonight. I would put Acosta and Adams play defensively, and I would probably put Musa 
with Reyna as my four. But the way Burhalter thinks, we can never know, he's probably not going to put Acosta and Adams out there together. I don't well, think. I mean, you could so, put, like, like, Yunus Musa yeah, is a good, like, it. number eight. So you could have Adams, yeah, Musa, should. and Busio. You can Adams, Musa. You, I mean, I just want Musa on the field against Mexico, Listen, where you, you're, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. Size advantage. You're not going to like now, what I'm going to say. When you look for you. size advantage anywhere you can, and if you can get Musa I on the field, that's a size advantage against Mexico. No, Period. Musa is going to stay. My question is between Adams and Acosta, one of them is not starting. I want to put both of them. They're not. And to me, if one of them doesn't start, he's going to put Christian Roldan out there. I'm, t- I'm afraid he's going to put him out there. And that's what I'm worried about. He's going to put him there out is there. A chance, there is a chance for that. But, Alex, what are, we t- what are you thinking about uh, Kellen Acosta uh, being available at left back? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. No, you have, you have Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson is there. A fullback position. If you have Destin Cannon out, then you're going to need yeah, Anthony Robinson. Ant- Anthony Robinson is your left-footed fullback. He's going to stay there. Yeah, no, we're not. Right. We're not going. We're not. Not in a world. We'll not see, in a we'll world. Not, not, not a game of this magnitude. We can't fool around with that. Again, well, the, the we're problem, talking B lineups here, Alex. We don't know that. Crazier. Yeah, he he said he thought about it, but I don't think he's going to do it. Again, what he's going to do here, I don't know. I'd like to see Adams and Acosta together play the defensive. You know, get the 50-50 midfield balls and start spraying it around. But I think only one or two is going to be there. It's a big question. I think you could probably put Gio Reyna in the midfield equation here because you look at the forwards. There's a lot of forwards listed here. I would yeah. probably put Gio Reyna as part of the three, whatever lineup he goes with, with Adam slash Acosta slash Musa and that kind of combination, something like that. That's what I see is going to happen. So Brendan Aronson will not be playing, but you do have no, some, some players. Um, Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, Gio Reyna, Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic. How are you seeing this uh, lineup? I know there's been a lot of talk from U.S. Men's National Team fans on Twitter saying that Jordan P. Folk is like a, a must-start here. Yeah, I'm I sure would I start. completely agree. I do, because he's the highest forward we have. Pepe hasn't done anything in Germany. I'm not going to play Jesus Ferrer and just scored three goals in MLS in a in gaming in Mexico. I'm just not doing it. P. Folk's got the European pedigree. Plays for young uh, young boys in Switzerland. He's the most informed striker we have. I'm going to put him out there. If he doesn't score tonight, he's not going to play Tuesday against the best game against Panama. That's what I'm looking at it as. Now uh, you're going to probably play Pulisic on one side, center forward. Either P. Folk, if if he decides not to start Jordan, then it's going to be Pepe. And on the other side, we don't want to see it. It's going to be Ariola. If it's not Ariola, he might put Gio Reyna there, or it could be Tim Weah. Everyone else is going to be on the bench. It's not going to be Jordan Morris. I'd like to see Brandon Aronson. Probably would have. I'd like to I see agree. Brandon Aronson. The way he's not there, that's going to sting. So I'm expecting since we're going into Mexico on the road, he's going to want to put a veteran in there. We got a little young lineup. It's probably going to start par- poor Ariola on on the right side, Pulisic on the left, and in the center forward, we're going to go P Folk or Pepe. I prefer P. because he's on, you know, since he's the most informed scorer we have. We'll see. Again, you don't know a Burhalter. That's the whole thing about this, you know. And now, let's talk about Mexico. They are exactly been setting the world on fire. They're one point behind us, third place in the in Concacaf. Yeah. Their coach is also on the hot list. If they get, they lose today to the United States at home in Azteca, I can almost guarantee you that he's going to be fired. I can always. Mexico's on a lot of pressure. This game to get a result here. So yeah, this is this is high stakes game here between U.S. And Mexico. Both teams need the result. Probably Mexico more than the United States, but you know rivalry game. They've lost three in straight us. 
the United States is walking into the uh, into the Lions Den here at the Azteca, which they've never really they've never won. Is a very tough place to play for not just the United States, all teams around the world playing at a high altitude, high smog, you know, that crowd and everything right there. She mentioned tonight, 10 o'clock. Uh, again, my prediction, I think U.S. sneaks out a 1-1 game here. We we, uh, we take an uh, early lead with Pulisic with a goal, and I'm going to give up one late because that's what we do, and 1-1, and we're going to walk out of there 1-1, and I'll be okay with it. I, I'm going with the U.S. men's national team for the win. Dagger in the heart. Take all four last last three meetings. Uh, we've we've been the better team. So I, I I'm not you know I'm staying up late. I don't want to watch a draw. I'm not staying up for a for a one one uh, no. nil nil draw. No. I'm staying up late to, to watch this team go out there and, and kick Mexico in the mouth. And uh, Alex, where are you going to go to uh, get your coverage of the U.S. Men's National Team? Uh, tonight. What like what channel the game's on? Is that what you're talking about or no? No, like like, like to talk about it next week. Oh well. The- I didn't want to, you know, just be like a podcast you listen to or something. I don't know where you're going with this. I think you set me up here. I don't know. Uh, I, I just, before <laughs> we even start, but we got a game Panama, which is way more important on Sunday. And you know, that, that's the, that's the important game that we won't be able, I don't think we're going to do a show for that. The Panama game who's in fourth place. They're four points behind us. That is the big game. Sunday was it Sunday. U.S. plays yes. Panama, I think, on Sunday. That it's is the Sunday. big game. I'm trying to get I you to plug wanna... the channel, Alex. I'm trying to get you to plug the podcast I-80... that we're on. I don't, dude, I'm worried about Panama. You're talking about I-80 sports. Listen, if you like what we do, subscribe. Tell us, tell us what you want to hear. We will talk about it. Follow us on YouTube, all social all social media. Bob, you're better at this. Tell them where to Alex get Alex is fired. I quit. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>